From Schwartz Media, I'm Ange McCormack. This is 7am. Like a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma, a beef wellington is a tenderloin or fillet wrapped in a layer of mushrooms inside puff pastry. That's how writer Chloe Hooper begins to describe the events that have put a 48-year-old woman at the centre of international attention. The mystery of the suspected death cap mushroom poisoning case has left three people in regional Victoria dead and a global audience wondering how it happened. Today, contributor to the Saturday paper, Chloe Hooper, on what's known about the case and why stories like this are so hard to resist. It's Tuesday, August 29. Chloe, I'm a really big fan of your true crime writing. I really love your books, The Arsonist especially, and The Tall Man. As a writer, what's drawn you to the story of Erin Patterson, the woman who served this lunch last month that has led to the deaths of three people? So I I was interested because my uh, partner's family come from South Gippsland and he went to school in Kurumbara and grew up in the next town, Puong. So there was a sort of a local interest that I had in the story. I knew that mushroom foraging was a part of my partner's childhood. And he tells of growing up on their dairy farm and his father actually chasing foragers off the paddocks with a crowbar. There's a sort of cultural fixation in the region with fungi and getting the right fungi. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, as kids, you knew not to take the, the mushrooms near the trees, which were more likely to be death caps. So can you Talk to me about what we do know about this case and the series of events. The cook, the diners and one giant mystery. The case has captivated the nation. The death of three people and... So we know that a lunch was planned. It was meant to be a family get-together, but it's turned into a triple tragedy. It started on July 29. Don and Gail Patterson dined with their friends Ian and Heather Wilkinson. They're at the home of Aaron Patterson... She's the former daughter-in-law of Don and Gail. And it was to be a a chance to discuss the reconciliation of Erin Patterson and her estranged husband, Simon. And coming to the lunch were Simon's parents and Simon's aunt and uncle. Police say Erin prepares lunch, believed to be a beef wellington pie, at her Lee and Gather home. Simon's supposed to be there too, but pulls out. And his uncle, Ian Wilkinson, uh, was the pastor at the local Karambara Baptist Church, and he was to act as a mediator in this conversation about a potential rapprochement. We know that Simon pulled out of the lunch at the last minute, and Erin served Beef Wellington. And within a few days, Her four guests were in various hospitals with what initially appeared to be horrendous gastroenteritis. Her former in-laws, Don and Gail Patterson, and Gail's sister, Heather Wilkinson, who all died a week later. Gail's husband, Pastor Ian Wilkinson, remains critically ill. 
In a written statement. But very soon it was suspected that they had ingested death cap mushrooms and that causes liver and kidney failure. And within a week, three of the guests were dead and the fourth, as far as we know, is still in a Melbourne hospital awaiting a liver transplant. Right. And initially there was a lot of focus on the fact that Erin herself hadn't been sick, but not long after that, a statement from her was leaked, which kind of corrected that record, right? A few days after her in-laws were struck very ill, Erin presented to the hospital claiming also to feel unwell. Her um, time in the hospital as the hospitals reported, was brief and she didn't have significant issues. That could be because she was younger and her children, she has claimed that she served leftover beef wellington to the kids the next day, uh, scraping out the mushrooms, which must be quite a difficult task if you look at a, a beef wellington, and that they had no ill effects. And uh, beef wellington, I actually did not know uh, what a beef wellington was. I did have to Google it, and then I realised it's this extraordinarily elaborate dish. It's a showstopper. It's your go-to dish to impress, according to Gordon Ramsay, and it takes an hour and 45 minutes, and it is uh, a fillet wrapped in, in mushrooms and maybe foie gras, and then wrapped in prosciutto, and then wrapped in pastry. Right. And Erin is at the centre of this story and she has had some brief appearances in media. What has she said about this case and what has she said about what she believes happened? Well, she came out and fronted the media and and got on the front foot and talked about how devastated she was um, by these deaths and said that her mother-in-law had been like a mother to her and she would never have done anything to hurt her and that she was, you know, devastated for her, her children who'd lost their grandmother. the mum that I didn't have because my mum passed away four years ago and Gail's never been anything but good and kind to me. And Ian and Heather were some of the best people I've ever met. They never did anything wrong to me. I'm so devastated about what's happened. Can you tell and us the loss to the community? It's, it must be terrible to suddenly have, um, you know, 20 reporters camped outside your, your door. And I don't know who would actually do well under those conditions, but it is true that Ms Patterson has a, a fairly... Um, blunt style. And when uh, one reporter doorstopped her and asked, you know, about her well-being, she replied that she was shithouse. Erin, how are you going? Are you okay? I'm going for asking and you guys aren't helping. And I think it's raised a lot of interest around the country. It's actually been really hard to escape this story. You know, every minor detail from how one prepares a beef wellington to, you know, what could have been discussed at the lunch. You know, that's all been dissected. What have you noticed about the reaction to this story? Well, it's actually international. Mm. It's also uh, hit a nerve overseas. There's been another development in the case of suspected mushroom poisoning. The bizarre tragedy now grabbing global headlines. Was it accidental? Police say their symptoms are consistent with poisoning by death cap mushrooms. No charges 
have been filed. So. And there has been an extraordinary amount of commentary on this also online in various forums. Can you imagine you eat that food just to be polite and then it tastes gross and you die? Um, but then why didn't she eat them? I mean, that's a little bit suspicious in my opinion. I don't know. Aaron did speak to reporters. I have a theory that, you know, in, in, in this day and age, we actually trade true crime stories a bit like folk tales. They become these narratives about people's hopes and dreams and fears and desires uh, in a little bit the same way, you know, people told myths around a campfire. And I think that in folk tales, when somebody dies, it's almost as though the death isn't really real. It's just a kind of plot device. And I feel as though there's a sort of element of unreality too in the deaths of Erin Patterson's in-laws. We have this kind of salacious interest in this story while we can kind of put to the other side of our brain that really horrible way it must be to die. Coming up, the moral dilemma of being obsessed with mysterious deaths. All writers need someone who can give them a reality check. And for Viet Tan Nguyen, that person was his wife. Like many other refugees, I survived by normalising those experiences. And so it would take decades for me to understand that, in fact, they probably did have a big impact on me. I remember meeting my, my future wife for the first time and we started dating. And, and at one point I told her, I, I think I'm pretty well adjusted. <laughs> and she said, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm Michael Williams. And on this week's Read This, I chat with Viet about his new memoir. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. As a 7am listener, you're already familiar with many of the journalists who work for The Saturday Paper. For a limited time, subscribe to Australia's leading independent news source, The Saturday Paper, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. Chloe, you've been writing about true crime for 20 or so years now. What have you noticed about how the genre and our interest in it has changed over time? Well, I mean, we've always been interested in these tales because they reveal so much about human nature and we love examining them and, and holding them apart and, and uh, sort of almost saying, you know, we would never find ourselves in these circumstances or do these things ourselves. I'm amazed at the way this genre has proliferated it's so mainstream. There's so much clickbait. There are so many podcasts. Mm. There are so many television programs and sort of limited edition series that that take in these tales. So they seem to be, you know, as I said, the the folk tales of our day, which we use to be titillated, and also we use them as as kind of um, morality plays. I think that help us orientate ourselves in, in the world. 
their sort of warnings about how to live. I guess one thing we learn is perhaps how we deal with the people around us, how we uh, settle conflicts. I think that sometimes these stories appeal to our own sort of dark side of what we would do if there were no rules. Right, so relating less to the victim and actually more to someone who did something. I think people attach to these stories, you know, for both reasons, for with kind of horror Mm. and to sort of, um, and we like the baddie to be with sort of broad, clear outlines. And actually, as Ms. Patterson has said, the media has portrayed her as an evil witch. And, you know, that is a a character that we're very comfortable with. But visualising, yeah. Yeah, visualising and and having in a story um, and sort of talking about a kind of wickedness. Uh, especially when her her in-laws seem to have been very upstanding people who did a lot in the community. But I also think that we attach to these characters too because there's a sort of, you know, would we do that? And because we're talking about real people, you you can wonder at what point could a a person like yourself turn bad? Yes, and, and maybe, you know, part of the kind of, yes, the thrill of the story is imagining that. Mm. And I have plenty of mixed feelings about this story and my consumption of it as well, because I've been obsessed with finding out the details of it. But I've also been oscillating with guilt about being so obsessed with it and feeling a bit uneasy and kind of sickened by my own fascination with it. Because, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of the family and if I was in that family, I wouldn't want this kind of voyeurism aimed at my own life and tragedy. How do you think our relationship with guilt plays into our attraction to true crime? I guess what is the right ethical response? I mean, I I think it's the important thing is to remain aware that this is not a fiction. This isn't a kind of episode of Midsummer Murders where, where various people die in a a beautiful rural setting, it's a, a family's tragedy. You know, once we might have turned from a story like this because it was scary, whereas now we turn from it because it's prurient. So it's interesting where we hit the off button these days. I suppose that goes back to the sort of mass market appeal of true crime. And this sells newspapers and there is a kind of commercial engine that drives the proliferation of these of these tales. Chloe, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Viet Tan Nguyen's debut novel, The Sympathizer, was a critical and commercial success, and now it's an HBO miniseries. This week on Read This, Viet joins us for a chat about this and his new memoir, The Man with Two Faces. Find it wherever you listen. Also in the news today, one of Australia's top mining executives has quit after only six months in the job. 
Fiona Hick, the CEO of Andrew Forrest's Fortescue Metals, resigned on Monday after the company posted disappointing yearly results that wiped $3 billion off the value of the company. And the founder of Foxconn, which has manufactured most of the world's iPhones, has announced he'll run for the presidency of Taiwan. Terry Goh announced his candidacy by saying Taiwan should have closer ties with mainland China, where Foxconn operates several factories. I'm Ange McCormack. This is 7am. We'll be back again tomorrow.